so y'all pray for them, okay? And I can take you to the exact spot where I was. I've never preached from this chapter, never preached from this text. Matter of fact, the only chapter in the book of Job that I think I've ever preached from is chapter number one. And Job's just not been one of my fortes. I love the book of Job. I love it a lot. I pray often that, uh, well, I'll say it in the message, but uh, God put this thought on my heart. And I've never preached it, never preached from this chapter. I've quoted it a uh, uh, Blue John pile of times. But tonight I believe that the Lord has given me this just for us tonight. So let's stand in reverence to the reading of the King James Bible. The Bible said in Job chapter number 14, when you find your place, say amen. Verse number one, the Bible said, man that is born of a woman is a few days and full of trouble. He cometh forth like a flower. And I read that, that kind of went against my manhood to be compared to a flower. Because I'm not a flower child, say amen right there. I'll have no part with this wicked, ungodly hippie movement. I don't care if it's 2023 or 1960. I'm against hippies. Somebody say amen right there. But God compares us to a flower. And is cut down. Not just a flower, but a cut down one. He fleeth also as a shadow and continueth not. And dust thou open thine eyes upon such a one. And bringest me into judgment with thee. Who can bring a clean thing out of an unclean? Not one. See, in his days are determined, the number of his months are with thee. Thou hast appointed his bounds that he cannot pass. Father, so abide in your presence. I thank you for the text. I thank you for the truth of the word of God. I love you with all my heart. Lord, you know I love Brother Nick, Sister McKenzie, and the babies, and everybody in this place. And I pray you bless us. And God, you'd send a great spirit of revival. Lord, I pray to revive every one of us. Lord, give us a fresh glimpse of you. Lord, you said, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame. Lord, help us to get another good, fresh look at you and keep our eyes on Jesus. I pray that you bless the preaching tonight, bless the response to the preaching. God, I pray that thou wouldst give me wisdom of words to say, not to say. And I pray that you bless every person in the building. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. You can be seated. Ah. I'm just going to preach from verse 1 and maybe a few thoughts from the rest of the chapter. Man that is born of a woman is a few days and full of trouble. I want to preach on this simple subject tonight. If I'd have never had a problem. There's a lot of things in our lives that we wouldn't know had we not never had. And it's interesting to note tonight that the word problem ain't even in the Bible. But the word trouble is an affliction and the psalmist uses the word disquietness. Anybody that's ever going to do anything for God is going to have some problems. And the song said if I'd have never had a problem I'd have never known that God could have solved I pray every day of my life just about it that God would give me a double portion of certain people in the Bible God give me a double portion Lord even uh, of Jacob Lord you blessed him 
God, give me a double portion of Abraham. Help me to have faith like he did. My wife would judge you faithful like Sarah did. Lord, help me to have it like Moses did and have a friend, be a friend of God face to face. Lord, let me be like Joshua was and lead a group of people across the river Jordan. Lord, help me to have a most excellent spirit like Daniel did or another spirit like Caleb did. Help me, Lord, to uh, uh, have wisdom like Solomon did. Be strong like Samson. God, help me, Lord, to pray like these men in the Bible. Help me to be like John the Baptist. Help me, Lord, if I'm going to be like anybody, to be like Christ. And Lord, help me to follow you like Matthew and Nathaniel did and have a spirit of wisdom like Stephen did and, and uh, uh, preach like Paul uh, Peter did on the day of Pentecost. Pray like, have a burden like Paul did. Pray like James did. Be in the spirit on the Lord's day like John the beloved. But neighbor, I have never one time in 27 years of praying asked God for a double portion of Job. <laughs> have you? No, I had. Brother, I'm telling you, he had it made. He uh, had all the camels, all the oxen, all the asses, had, had all his children, had his, had his wife. Amen. In, the, in her house, we would have been looking at Job. And let's just be honest, there's times in our lives that covetousness would creep up in us. And boy, if I had it like that guy. You ever driving your old Peterbilt down the road and you got to know that something's fixing to go out on it and a brand new 2023 comes out. You say, boy, it must be nice. Or you, whatever the case may be, neighbor, you, you'd have looked at it and you'd have said, hey, I, boy, Job's got it going on. But when, when the bottom fell out for Job and Job's sitting over there in, in a pile of ashes, the last place where God met with him, well, there ain't a one of us that would have said, you know what? I'd like to be where he's at now. And in chapter number 14, Job makes the classic statement, man, that is born of a woman is a few days in full of trouble. I want to simply outline these two verses and then we'll give the brief message tonight. There is, he said, man, that is born of one man. That tells me that we're flesh at our best and we're flesh at our worst. And none of us have subdued the flesh and come to a place of perfection and we will not until we get our glorified bodies. We'll not reach a place of perfection. And when God uses the word perfect in the Bible, it's always maturity. It's always growth. So therefore, we are flesh. That means we're apt to give in to the flesh, the temptations of the flesh, the weaknesses of the flesh. See, this flesh is a part of us that's not saved. When God saved us, he saved our soul and saved our spirits. And, and neighbor, our flesh is so fallen nature. There's still a part of us that's not born again. And I, I don't know about you, but that grieves me to my heart to know that there's a part of me that still is prone to wonder and to leave the God I love. Lord, I feel it sometimes. The flesh, he said, man, that is born of a woman. That word born, we would submit to you tonight is the fruit of someone else's womb. We did not produce ourselves. We are originated from God the Father. He's the one that gave us our life. We're the fruit of somebody else. So, oh, we go patting ourselves on the back and look at how good I am and how big I am and how bad I am or how whatever. Hey, you got a mama. You got a daddy and you got your life. But then he said a man born of a woman is a few days. We see the limited time that we have on earth. And it's limited. Amen. I'm 48. I almost said 47. I turned 48 years old last Friday. 
And neighbor, I blink my eyes, and it's been 27 years since Jesus saved me, and it has went by so fast. And neighbor, I'm telling you, our life is but a vapor, and my thought here is that you would give God your life and do what you can while you know you can. Pass out as many tracts, give your life to God, be sold out, be surrendered. Don't waste your life! Give it all to God! And one day we'll stand before God and we'll regret everything that we did that wasn't of God in our lives. It's limited. You don't want to live to be 70, 80, 90 years old and give your life to the world and give your life to sin and then look back and say, You know what? I wish I had lived for God. Oh, no. He said, A few days. You compare this time that we have on earth to eternity, it's nothing. Absolutely nothing. He said, a man born of woman, we see our flesh, we see the fruit of someone else's womb, we see it's just a few days, do what we can while we can. But then, he said, it's full of trouble. That word trouble, it means abounding. It's uh, trouble, it's agitation, it's turmoil, it's a disquietness of the soul. Every one of us has got trouble. Amen. I got my troubles, you got yours. I mean, I, I, I'd, I would sit down and tell you every trouble that I've got, but I'd rather magnify God than my sorrows and my troubles. Nobody knows, huh? And we could, I, could, I could spend a week and not even touch the hem of the garment on my troubles I've had in 27 years. The things that have bothered me, the things that have bittered me, the things that have burdened me, the things that didn't work out the way I thought they ought to have. I supposed to have in my dreams of the ministry have already traveled the whole world and won at least a million people to God and I, I'm supposed to already be on 50 television stations and, a, and coast to coast on the radio and, and a worldwide evangelist and, but it just hasn't worked out that way but uh, I just take what God gives me preach where God has me preach and, I, and the older I get I learn to say thank God it don't matter if it's a street corner or a rest home wherever Blessed be the name of God. And we talk about our troubles. And you could spend a week telling me about your troubles. We could talk about trucks tearing up while I've been there. Oh, the hundreds of thousands of dollars that we've spent on repairs on equipment. All oh, it's grievous. And you think about, well, I just go work for somebody else, let them spend their money. And then then you do that, and then you'll be reminded of the big paychecks you used to get, and then you're gonna go back and it's like a roller coaster ride up and down, up and down. And man, I, I it didn't, didn't you know you'd be over here, have trouble at Walmart, and then you wherever else you go, you have trouble there. And well, I'm gonna go to Mountain Valley Baptist Church. You might have trouble down there. Well, you know what? There's a there's a better church up the road. I don't know about that now. Amen. And uh, uh, well, them people up there is perfect. Them people over there is perfect. No, they're not. Are we recording this tonight? Are, are we, we're recording. Is it going live stream? Amen. Uh, so it's not live stream, so I can have a little bit of liberty, amen. They're not perfect. If you ever followed that crowd into the bathroom, they make a big mistake as anybody else does. Amen. amen. I'll tell you right now, 
Rotten to the core is what they are and what we are. Somebody say, "Man, right there, well, uh, trouble. You, you don't, you don't, you don't run from your troubles." Job is not running from his troubles. He goes back rather and gets in the place where God had met with him last, and, and here he is, and he's shifting that ice sheep, and his friends show up, and uh, Abraham trying to figure out what's going on, and trying to figure out what God's doing, and the whole time God is trying to get Job to a place where he'll rely on the sovereignty of God and the providence of God and just simply trust God. And Job makes that classic statement, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. See, it ain't about you and your wife and it ain't about you and your husband. It ain't about you and your children. It ain't about you and your church. It ain't about me and my ministry. It's not about me and my, or not mine, but the camp meeting God's given us. It's it's not about me and my job. It's about me and God. It's about you and God. That's what this life's about. It's our relationship with Almighty Sovereign God. It's full of trouble. It's full of trouble. Before I turn, there's trouble. God bless me, I... Thought about Rebecca. I wanted to preach on her tonight. She was barren. She couldn't have no children. So Isaac went and prayed for his wife. Well, God gives him a double portion. She got twins. And uh, in the midst of that pregnancy, the boys get to fight with each other in Mama's belly. <laughs> and she makes a statement. Why am I the? You know, this this ain't even my fight, but it's on the inside of me. It's between them two boys, and they're struggling in my womb. And, and boy, if we're not careful, we let these troubles get all up in us, and they turn us up one side down the other. And we just don't know how to handle the troubles. Well, I must remind all of us, and if, was, if Rebecca was here tonight from the Bible, if God had let her leave heaven, come down here, I'd get her to testify, and I promise you this is what she would say. Well, you know, we prayed for children, but we wasn't expecting the troubles that come along with them. Oh, I look at some of you young mothers. You got three babies around here, and we got one on the way, five months, I think is what she told me. We'll have another baby here, two months, two months. You got a baby? Oh, praise God. I just want to stop and rejoice that I'm not a woman right fast because I wouldn't want to have a baby for nothing. Amen is all I could do to be with my wife when she had ours. But anyway, she, uh, boy, and you, you got the diapers. I mean, nothing about you smells good. Your car stinks. Your house stinks. The church stinks. Smells like a rotten diaper. You, man, I can't stand this. I can't wait. I thought, oh, we got it made. We're going to have three babies and diapers at one time. It's, it's going to be, it's wonderful. We'll, we'll be out of it all at the same time. But my, my, my unwise mind wasn't thinking that we'd have three getting their driver's license all at one time. And it'd be three all needing insurance at one time. And they'd be all three maybe getting boyfriends and girlfriends all at one time. Amen. And I'd trade, amen, for the baby stage and the doctor stage. That you don't believe it now, but that's the easy part. You think you got trouble. And you think you get out of one storm, another one's on its way. What I'm telling you, Job is right when he said our days are full of trouble. 
I can't recall a day. I can't really, really recall too many days where something didn't go wrong somewhere. Matter of fact, we've seen our days so full of trouble. I've sat back and said on a day when nothing was troublesome come, I said, "Uh uh-oh, maybe it's the calm before the storm. Am I preaching to you tonight? Am I, am I helping anybody tonight? Job said, hey, hey, there wasn't nobody no better than Job. I mean, God is the one that brought his name up to the devil. And God said, hey, that's one of my choice, the servants. And have you considered him? Right in the middle of it, Job said, we got trouble. I could go down the list and name every area, but the fact of the matter is, Trouble, 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 trouble. What do we do when this trouble comes? Well, I'll tell you what we need to do. God has not designed trials, and God doesn't allow trouble to come our way so we can get consumed with the trouble. He doesn't allow these times to come that we can that we can write a book on suffering. He does not allow these to come so it would bring division of any kind. He does not allow troubles to come. God could, if he wanted to, stop every trouble we ever had. God could, if he wanted to, let us just have the perfect life and never suffer, never have a trial, and never have a heartache. Amen. But God's saving that all for heaven. And it'll make heaven that much sweeter when we leave this whole land of sorrow and we leave our troubles all behind. But until then, until then, good neighbor, hear me, until then, God allows these to come not to get you sorry. Not to allow you to have a closer relationship with the devil. Not to get you out of the will of God. Not to get you bitter. Not to get you backslid. But God allows these things to come and I'm getting ahead of myself. So he can make us better. And Rebecca, you made the statement, asked the question, why am I thus? she were here tonight, I'm sure she'd testify to the fact, you know what, it was hard, but it made a better person out of me. Made a better Christian out of me. Let's hasten on tonight. The man said that days are full of trouble. He said, he said, it cometh forth. It cometh forth. There's the fourthness of it. That's the, that's the, whether you like it or not, this flower that Job is talking about is in public view. It cometh forth. This is not one of those flowers that have never been seen by the eyes of man. This is not one of those flowers that nobody knows what the petals look like or the fragrance is. No, this is one of those flowers that God has put on public display for the world to see. And I want to ask an honest question tonight. How many in here would say, Brother John, I have sincerely asked God to help me to be a Christian and to use me for his glory. I want to see your hands. Anybody in here ever pray that? 
Look up here. If you don't get nothing else I say, you are a flower that God has put on public display. I wish people would quit looking at me. Oh, oh, come on up in here in my world for a minute. Amen. And I'll get down there in your world. If you're going to be used of God, God's going to let you be a flower on public display. People are going to look at you. Every one of you women are to be a godly example. Every one of us men are to be a godly example. Even you young people that are in the church tonight, you are to be a godly example of what a Christian's supposed to be, of what a church member's supposed to be. It cometh forth, God put it on public display. And you know what Job, God did for Job? God put him on such public display that several thousand years later we're still talking about it. I wonder what they'll be saying about me and you 300 years from now. Public display of this flower, boy, but then but then he said, like a flower. Flowers, I didn't put much research into this. I just wrote down what I already know. Flowers are meant to bloom. Is that not right? God wants a flower to bloom, and I i got to get to the message, but he wants the flowers to bloom. Bloom where you are planted. God's got you planted. My wife and I were talking about it recently. You just about don't come to this church on accident. you got to come here on purpose. I mean, y'all got a pump of sunshine in and half of them's pumping the moonshine out. <laughs> Say amen right there. And, you, you know, why would God put a church here? Why would God put you here? I've got your answer if you want it. Why would God want me to, Brother J.D., you to come up here and be the song leader at the Mountain Valley Baptist Church and sit on the pew? I counted the church tonight. I think there's 16 of us in here. I say, blessed be the name of God. Amen. And I was counting it, and I said, well, I think there's 16 here tonight. And the Holy Ghost said, no, there's 17. He said, I'm here. He's the difference maker. Why? Why would God raise you up, Brother Nick, then put you in the pulpit? Why would God put you, Brother J.D., you and your wife, Nick McKenzie, you and Nick together? Why, Andrew, you and your wife? Why would God put me and my wife together and put us on the road traveling and preaching the gospel. Why would the Lord do that? I, I've got your answer. So we can bloom to give him glory. So we can bloom to give him praise. So we can bloom to give him honor. That we can worship him and exalt him. And as we look at the flower, the flower's always blooming toward the sun. And neighbor, when we bloom, no matter where we're planted, we're doing it toward the sun. Amen. Flowers blooming toward the sun. Flowers blooming for the water. Verse number nine, I love this verse. Yet through the scent of water, it will bud. Bring forth buds like a plant. Neighbor, I'm telling you right now, it didn't even say the touch of water. It said the scent of water. 
My daddy used to take me and my brother down to Green River all the time and we'd swim over to Lemon Hole and swim down at the Big Gum Hole. And brother, we'd wade that river and fish it all summer long. We'd go down there and we'd park up on the road and we'd walk down by Bob's Creek and get down up in there. And boy, the closer you got to the river, the more you could smell it. Y'all know what I'm talking about. And you could not only smell it, you could feel it. Brother, me and I thought it's been, it wasn't this, but yeah, it was this past year. We'd come over fishing in the river and closer me and brother Nick and that crowd we had with us got to the river, the colder it was. You could not only smell it, you could feel it. Amen. And he said the scent of water. And that's what the flower. We've got to have the sun and we've got to have water. We've got to have God's touch. And God planted those flowers outside. He didn't put a roof over his head. He didn't necessarily give it a blanket or a pillow. But I tell you what he did do. He put it out there so every morning when the dew falls, he could get something from it. God ain't going to put us any worse. Well, I just ain't getting nothing out of church. I just ain't getting nothing out of the preaching. I'm not just getting nothing. Whoa, wait a minute. God planted you. And God planted you here in this place. God's made a way for you to get fed. And God's made a way for you to get water. God's made a way for you to have exposure to the sun. And uh, brother, this is, this is, this is the flower. We're, we're to bloom in our seasons. Now, God will let a flower bloom, but most flowers don't bloom all year long. And may I submit to you tonight that most Christians don't bloom all year long. There's seasons. I've had mine. You've had yours. There's winter. I like the winter. I love the winter. The main reason I love the winter is because the snakes ain't crawling. Amen. I'm scared to death of snakes, and we work in the woods, and I, I just hate snakes. I'd rather cut wood in the winter than wood in the summer. Amen. And uh, but anyways, there's the winter time. There's the springtime. There's the summertime. The fall time. There's the time. And and you've got to learn to make it through the seasons of life. No matter what. I mean, somebody walk in, and maybe their countenance is falling, and Maybe they just uh, haven't got joy like they should. Well, it might not be that they're full of sin. It might be just going through a season. You've got to learn to weather your storms. Am I, making it, am I helping anybody tonight? The flowers have got their seasons. Flowers, you've got to bloom in your own spirit. You've got to bloom in our service. God did not say has to Satan, hast thou considered my good preacher Job or my Great prayer warrior Job. Hast thou considered my great Bible student Job? Hast thou considered my best pastor, my best evangelist? Have you considered my great my, my great uh, daughter down there at Mountain Valley Baptist Church who prays and uh, boy she loves God and teaches the ladies in Sunday school? Uh, no, he didn't say that. He just said, "Hast thou considered my servant? We have got to bloom in our service." Pray when you feel like it or when you don't. I don't always feel like praying. I mean, Nick, have you been preaching long enough now to say I don't always feel like preaching? I don't always feel like studying? I don't always feel like doing what God's called me to do? I don't always feel like talking to my wife? You don't always feel like spending time with your husband? You don't always feel like spending time with those babies. Now, ladies, you'll have to be honest with me. 
I remember the days of my wife and the babies in diapers, and I'd be gone a week in a meeting, or I'd be at work, and I'd come in from work, and supper would be on the table. My wife would be dressed with her pocketbook on her shoulder, keys to the car in her hand, and she'd say, I need some Walmart money. I need some me time. You got everything you need. Well, I didn't fuss. I didn't get upset. Andrew, you fixing to have some children. Uh, when mama needs some me time, give it to her. Amen. And she said it to me more than once. You know what she'd say? She'd say, I need to go spend some time with somebody that can speak English and not make a mess in the britches. Amen. Those seasons, neighbor. The seasons are on and on. I don't know why I said all that, but I did. And every time, every time, every day. You said this wasn't live stream, right? Good. Every time my wife would leave me with the children, I don't know what went on in their stomachs. I mean, as soon as she got in the car and out the driveway, I had three diapers that was just overflowing at all times like the Jordan River. Say amen right there. So you know what I would do. I'd do what anybody's got any sense would do. I'd get on the phone. I'd call my aunt. I'd say, Aunt Lisa, how you doing? I said, the kids want to see you today. She said, John, they can't even talk yet. What do you mean? All you want me to do is come over and change diapers. But they'd love to see you, Aunt Lisa. Come on over and see us. You got you to learn to bloom through that. The seasons. I thought, I thought about financial seasons. I know what it is to prosper financially. I've never been a rich man. But I've seen the days when, when, when if you spent two or $3,000 on a toy that, you know, you could overcome it pretty quick and it just didn't hurt. We've seen those days. I've seen the days in my life financially where I could take a couple of good vacations every year and it not, not affect my, my bank account too bad. And we could overcome it. Then I've also seen the days where the bottom fell out financially. And I've seen the days when we was living out of the penny jug. And, and, and I've seen the days when, when we barely had enough to make the bills. And I, I've seen those days. And, and brother, what I'm simply trying to preach to tonight is and by the grace of God, he let us weather the storms. And he let us bloom in those seasons when we didn't feel like blooming. We got these times you got to bloom in service, bloom in the season, bloom in our suffering. All this is in the book of Job. We got to bloom through those sanctifying seasons. But then the message. The me- here's the simple thought. Um, the message may have been the introduction. If I'd have never had a problem, if I'd have never had a problem, verse number three, the Bible said, And dost thou open thine eyes upon such a one? Job's talking to God right here. If I'd have never had a problem, I would have never known in a deeper way that he sees me. He sees the way I take. He sees the frailty of my frame. He knows how you feel. Nobody knows how I feel. Hogwash, we've got a high priest that's been touched with the feelings of our infirmities and he knows how you feel. Well, God ain't never been me. He didn't have to be you. 
He didn't hear no sin was made sin for us. Amen. We might be made the righteousness of God in him. He knows how you feel. He knows when, how you feel when you get discouraged. He knows how you feel. Not that he was ever discouraged, but he was sorrowful even unto death. He died alone, without God, on the cross. He knows the loneliness. He knows the hurt. He knows the heartache. He knows the dark times. He knows every bit of it, and God knows how you feel. He does. Uh, blessing. I, my wife, and she's right. She's told me several times. You don't. You don't know what it's like. To, to be a woman? No, I don't. <laughs> Thank God. I asked Brother Range years ago. I said, Brother Range, you think you think our wives will ever understand us? And he said, No. They'll never fully understand what it is to be a man. And he said, Son, don't forget, we'll never fully understand what it is to be a woman. But God does. He sees me. I, I, I like this. The, the book of Job opens up, and there was a man in the land of us named Job. I mean, if that's all that was ever said about Job, that would be enough, would it not? God knew his name. I mean, God knowed who he was. God knowed where he was. Job's over there sacrificing continually for himself and his wife and his children. And God sees every bit of it. God sees you when you sweep a floor and ain't nobody else looking. God sees you when you're praying and ain't nobody else looking. A lot of times you want recognition. A lot of times you want a pat on the back. Uh, sometimes us preachers, if we're not careful, we'll see another preacher and we'll see the glitter and we'll see the glamour and we'll see all that. Amen. Well, it'd be nice. Amen. To have it like they got it. But we didn't see it when they were sweeping the floors and mopping the, uh, the, uh, the mess halls. And we didn't see what the, uh, they had to go through to get to where they are. He'd never hear me and hear me well. He sees every bit of it. It's in our nature to want to be recognized. It's in our nature to want to be patted on the back. It is. That's why we compete so much. About you, but I, I, I want to be good at what I do. I want to be a good husband. I'm not a good husband. And don't ask my wife. Hey, man, she tells the truth. Man, I'd hope she would. I'm far from what I want to be. And so's the rest of us. I want to be a good worker. I want to have a good business. I want to have a good ministry. And if we're not careful, our motive will be, you know what, I just wish somebody would pat me on the back sometimes. Try to thank my wife often. I didn't thank you today for that good meal, but I did compliment it, and I, it was good. Thank you, Mama. Often my wife, even if it's a McDonald's meal, often my wife, she'll tell the children, you better make sure you thank your daddy. He's the one out here preaching these meetings. He's the one out here dragging this brush. He's bringing the money in. Pay for those clothes on your back and that food on the table. You ought to thank him. Thank him for being good to you and loving you enough to feed you and be there for you. He does. But 
when God does it. When God, I can't help but think about old brother Rudy Smith. Years ago, his precious wife, she got so discouraged and so defeated, and boy, she just got depressed. I think the families was going through some things. I don't know all the details, but you know the story. She, she tried to take her own life. She didn't kill herself. She was in a wheelchair. Had to, I think, I think maybe somebody had to feed her. Brother Rudy, for 20 years, bathed her, clothed her, took care of her. Never once did I ever see any kind of bitterness in his heart toward her at all. He loved her to the end. He loved her brother. The night it happened, Brother Rudy was at the hospital. The day ever it happened, he was at the hospital. Brother Rudy was over there praying God his prayer life, and he was in the chapel. Brother Rudy made this statement to God. He said, God, I love you. And he said, he no more got the words out. And God spoke back to him and said, I know you do. Brother Rudy said, that's all he needed right then and there. And neighbor, I'm telling you, when the time is right, you're waiting on us to pat you on the back. It might not happen. You're waiting on us to recognize. And I'm waiting on you. Oh, Brother John, you're my hero. And Oh, Brother, I love you and all that. Oh, I don't pray for people to say stuff like that. Give God the glory. Well, when it's time. When it's time! God will stand you up like a man. Amen. God will speak to you. And he'll say what you need to hear. If I'd have never had a problem, I'd have really never known in a deeper way that he sees what I'm going through. I would have never really recognized his sovereignty. Don't let the word sovereignty bother you. You don't have to be a Calvinist to believe in the sovereignty of God. I pray often, God, let me recognize your unseen providential hand. Let me see it. No matter what comes my way, Lord, let me see. Broke down on the side of the interstate. All right, Lord. I realize that motors blow up and that tires go flat. But if there is something I can see out of this, if you're saving me from something, let me see it. Every time when I first started out, Brother Andrew, I'd have a flat tire and I'd say, you know what? I must be backslidden. You ever thought that? I give my tithes. I don't. Hey, but I don't pay my tithes. I never have paid my tithes. I give my tithes. Tithing is not a bill; it's a blessing. And I said, "Well, I paid my tithe or give my tithes, Lord. Lord, I ain't done nobody wrong. I'll be on the side of the road with a flat tire, pray two or three hours, asking God to forgive me for everything that I gave. What is it, Lord? Then one day, God finally said, "Son, tires wear out and they go flat." Motors wear out and they blow up. But sometimes it's the providence of God putting the stop to something worse in the future. And the older you get, the more you can see it. The wiser you get, the more you can see it. I'd have never had a problem. Somebody, I, I read it. I, I think he took a picture of it. I can't remember. If I can find it, I'm going to read it to you. I don't like to pull my phone out during church. But I took a picture of, uh, I, didn't, I didn't take it, Dr. Lee Robinson. I had the privilege of knowing him. 
He, uh, somebody asked him what, what the best thing that he could look back over the years of his ministry when he was closing out his ministry there at the church. So what, what can you ascribe to your success here at the church? He didn't have to pray about it. He didn't have to think about it. He said, it's been my troubles. The hard times has made this church what it is. The hard times have made me what I am. You don't see that while you're going through it. You don't see that as a younger Christian. But boy, when you get a few years under your belt, you can look back and say, oh my goodness. Look at what God did for me. And he did it through the troubles. Am I making any sense tonight? If I'd have never had a problem, I'd have never known him in his sovereignty like I should. I'd have never known his sweetness like I should have or could have. Well, I tell you what, there have been times I've... I've had, when we had trouble come, it seemed like that, that's when God was just as sweet to me as any other time. A friend of mine lost his wife well over 20 years ago. And I was a young preacher, and I was going to go to the funeral, and I had my Bible under my arm, and I had all these verses I was going to give him. And I, I, I had my sayings, I was going to quote him. How when you can't track him, just trust him, brother. I was going to tell him that. When you can't see him, just trust him and, you know, grant all these verses and stuff. And boy, the closer I got to him as he stood there with his teenage children, one of them wasn't even a teenager yet, the more God I experienced. And when I went to shake his hand, he hugged my neck and he said, I've never experienced the grace of God, Brother John, like I'm experiencing tonight. God is being sweet to me. And when I left that place, God helped me and that man that had just lost his wife and fixing to bury her, he helped me more than I ever thought about helping them. No way Job's friends were going to help him. God was going to use Job to help his friends. And in the end, when Job prayed for his friends, God turned that whole thing around. I'd have never known him in his sweetness. I'd have never known him in his sanctifying work. Verse 3, the Bible said, And dost thou open thine eyes upon such a one, and bringest me into judgment with thee? For our God is a consuming fire. i got to hurry. I'll preach too long tonight. The sanctifying work by fire. God Let's us go through the fire. I, I don't understand everything about being a potter. I've never done any pottery work. But I was up in Pigeon Forge one time. We went by the pottery shop over beside the old mill. And, I, and I, I'd been studying on the clay and the potter. And I, I walked in and I said, is, is, is the potter here? And he said, oh, I'm the potter. I said, well, I noticed that the oven over there. The door is barely open, and you can see the heat heat coming out, and you can see the vessels in there. I said, uh, why, why do you just barely have the door open? He said, well, we put the fire to it a couple of days ago. We fired up, and we shut the door, and when we cut the fire off, we don't open the door for 24 hours. Then we barely crack the door. Then the next day, I open it up a little bit more. Next day, open it up a little bit more. It's a four or five day process. He said, because if you cool it off too quick, it'll crack. And brother, you learn the hard way. When you're going through the fire, people can't hardly touch you. 
And when somebody else in your life is going through the fire, you better you better learn to handle them just exactly like the potter does the clay. He said, if I go in there and put my hands on that pot, those vessels right now, he said, he said, even if I did have gloves on, they'd crack all to pieces. And I'd make a mess of my creation. And if I did it without gloves, it'd burn me all to pieces and crack the vessel. So you learn to respect the sanctifying work God does with his fire on his people. If I'd have never had a problem, I'd have never known that. I could read about Abraham taking Isaac up on Mount Moriah. I could tell you story after story of people that had tragedies and children dying and wives and husbands dying and horrible stories. We could sit here and cry all night long with tissues in our eyes. And, and I could go on and on, but until you've ever been through it yourself, you won't be nothing but a tinkling cymbal. And a sounding brass, acting like you know what you're talking about. I've not been through as much as others have, but I have been through enough to know, just enough, that you got to handle that sanctifying firework right or you'll make a mess of it. I, if I'd have never had a problem, I'd, 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 have never, I'd have never got any sense out of it. I'd have never got it. I, I pray for wisdom. Often. We went through something here. I won't say when, but just a heartbreaking experience. I won't get no details. Just uh, one of those times, brother, when, when, when somebody just reaches inside your rib cage, grabs your heart, throws it on the ground, and steps on it in front of you. Broken. Broken. I'm talking about just. Just poured out. What do we do, Lord? Why are you letting this happen? What's going on, Lord? I thought we, I, th I thought we had all this covered. I'd have never expected this. And out of nowhere, trouble came, and uh, I had somebody near and dear to me. So you've been getting with God, and I said, "Yeah, it's all I know to do is get with God." I'm not working this week. I'm going to get with God all day. All night prayer meetings. Me and God. And God gave us wisdom in those days. Gave us great wisdom. And one of the things God spoke to me about was the only way you can have wisdom is to experience something. Education. It'll give you knowledge. Enlightenment, it'll give you understanding, but experience will give you wisdom. I don't know how to stock the shelves over at Walmart or run a Walmart, but Brother Andrew does. I don't, I don't know how to do tile. But Brother J.D.'s done it enough to know. I do know how to drive a log truck. I do know how to work in the wood. And the more I did it, the more wisdom we had. I know how to fix a loader and a cutter. Why? Because I've been out there with hydraulic grease all, all, all over me. Wisdom, experience. 
And as God gives us one experience to the next, he gives us wisdom. God will let you go through something that you could help somebody else out with. He'll do it. He'll do it. Why am I thus? You got to look at the big picture. I got to hasten on. I to, he, he knows our steps. Verse 16. And then lastly, and I'm done. If I'd have never had a problem, I'd have never known he could have solved them. He is a problem solving God. Now, I'm going to be honest. Tonight, I really am. I would uh, just be honest. I don't have all the questions, much less all the answers. But I know somebody that does. His name is Jesus. We're standing all over the building, every head bowed, every eye closed. Brother Andrew, if you don't need to pray, you've got liberty to play your guitar, come play us an invitation. If the Lord's dealt with you about anything, I would invite you, the pastor's coming, I would invite you to come spend some time on the altar. That's right, some are coming. If I'd have never had a problem, only a Christian could look back through the hard times and say, you know what? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you.